Well, hey there. I'm so glad you made it. The year is drawing to a close. Are you prepped for winter solstice? Today on Gritty Mystic, we're talking about the wheel of the year and options for observing the shortest day and the coming of the light. Come on, let's get a cup of something good and do this. Welcome to Gritty Mystic, the podcast for the daring and ready to awaken the power to master and direct your life, or as I like to call it, becoming fucking unstoppable. I'm your host, Tracy King, intuitive channel and transformational teacher, here to connect you with tips, tools, and techniques to step into your power as the most authentic you. Let's get into it. Hello, lovelies. Thanks for popping in. I know this is a busy time of year, which makes it even vitally more important that we pause for a moment, that we take a beat and just be. I like it that we can be together. I mentioned in my recent episode with Carl Forehand, Reconstruction After Deconstruction, that one of the unexpected things that I struggled with as I was liberating myself from fundamentalism was missing the structure of the liturgical and holiday year. Like, do I not listen to Christmas music now because I'm no longer observing virgin births, even though to me, the music itself is nostalgic of cozy family get-togethers and hatching gift surprises and pajama days around the decorated tree? Well, the answer is it's music. You can listen to it if you want to. (laughs) Maybe it's a goofy example, but there was a structure and a seasonality that I had relied upon, and I, I felt the loss of it. I've tried a range of things from sitting in non observance to see what arose in me, what was triggered, and I tried different practices to see how they felt too. It's a very personal journey of discovery. But for me, what has been the most wholesome and just truly life-giving is observing the wheel of the year. And when I came upon it and finally began exploring it, I was like, duh, of course this fits. (laughs) It's rooted in the seasons and what they mean for us as developing, growing, evolving humans. But even more importantly, what these markers mean for us as a community, a collective, It's, it's nature and the core of being and becoming without all the commercial noise and nonsense. So refreshing to me, so much inspiration and just outright joy to feast upon throughout the year. But Tracy King, isn't that a witchy thing? Well, here's the thing. Many Wiccans do observe the Wheel of the Year. Witches who are Wiccan and those who are not Wiccan may observe some or all of the Wheel. But no, it's not just a witchy thing. In fact, the observances that comprise the Wheel are pre-Christian in pretty much most of all, if not every institutional belief system. I mean, several cultures around the globe have contributed to what we now consider the Wheel. But ultimately, it's rooted in the wisdom of nature and our part as creatures within the kaleidoscope of creation and the seasonal turns of the year in our lives. And so, sure, it might be witchy, but also completely inclusive. Everyone's invited to this party. I mean, you can go all in with a capital P pagan observance. It's derived from the mythology of the gods and goddesses and their stories and their shenanigans related to the seasons and solstices. Or you can tune into what themes these moments of pause mean in your journey toward being the most authentic and fully embodied you that you can be between now and your last rotation around the sun. Or honestly, anywhere in between is perfectly okay too. It's a choose-your-own-adventure type of dealio here. 
got to tell you, there is a wealth of information online and all kinds of books that you can read about the historical and cultural and the folklore of it, mythic and practical and magical. All of the facets um, are available to you, so many resources to explore. But the quick and dirty summary is that it all starts with the sun. The cornerstones of the wheel are the solstices and the equinoxes, which of course have to do with the Earth's tilt and axis, which is the reason that we have seasons in this planet. So our two solstices happen in June and December, and they mark the days when the sun is its farthest north and south from the equator. Or in other words, they mark the longest day and the shortest day of the year. Our two equinoxes happen in March and September. And they mark the days when the sun is directly above the equator, which makes our day and night of equal length. Equinox, get it? These include Yule, which is winter solstice, Ostara, spring equinox, Litha, summer solstice, and Mabon, which is our autumn equinox. The balance of observances in the wheel are the midpoints between the solstices and equinoxes. So in bulk marks the first stirrings of spring, or in Minnesota, the hope that eternal winter will end (laughs) so that we can experience the first stirrings of spring. Um, Beltane is May Day. It's a super sexy, passionate, creative, fertile earth celebration. Lamas is the first fruits harvest festival. Fun. And Samhain, kind of Halloween plus, Um, depending on which culture of observance you're deriving your practice from, maybe a month long, week long, or just an awesome day that actually marks the beginning of the wheel of the year. But even though the wheel starts at Samhain, you can jump in wherever you are. It's good. Good to go. I'm a really introspective person. So the kinds of things that I really resonate with in observing the wheel of the year are really connecting with nature and the spirit of the season that we're in, just really being present with it. And when I can, preparing a meal that you know, works with local seasonal ingredients. I like to set sacred space and reflect on what this pause point in the year is asking of me, what lessons I can glean and, and how I can use that as fuel for my personal and spiritual growth. And, you know, I'll I'll also typically work with a divination tool to check in and on blind spots, like guide team, what am I missing here? And, you know, do some work there that really supports my intention setting and my planning too. You can do something like that, leave it at that, or you can add any number of favorite practices or magical elements to really make it meaningful to you. I mean, that's the beauty of it. There's no one right way. I mean, you create a pit stop that feels awesome to you, that re-energizes you in your path. You know, you can pick the ones you like, you can leave the rest. I mean, really, you do you. I mean, I like some of the wheel observances better than others. I mean, Lamas is a harvest festival that calls for celebrations featuring beer and bread. I mean, what's not to love? (laughs) Aside from, you know, fun food and drink feasting, the spiritual feast for me is just in the opportunities to reflect and to recenter so that I'm maintaining my course. I mean, I'm prone to distraction. I get excited about ideas and lots of things. And so this helps me to maintain traction on what's important to me. As you dig into the wheel, you know, you're going to develop your own favorite practices and your own, you know, 
reflections to pit stop on, but here's a sampling of some things to start with just to get a flavor for what the full circuit of the year includes. I'm going to start with Yule since that's the next observance on deck for us here in December. So Yule as winter solstice really marks the darkest day of the year, the longest night, but it also marks the beginning of the return of light. It's the perfect time for introspection on just really getting clear about what you'd like to see grow in your life with the return of the light. Imbolc is next, and that's in February, and it's about the coming end of winter and the rebirth of life on earth. Super hopeful. It's a time of clearing way for the seeds that you're about to plant and that you will nourish in your life in this coming year. So it's a good time to think about what do you want to see sprout and bloom in your life this spring? What needs to be cleared out of the way so that those seeds have a chance? Ostara is next, and it's the second of three festivals of spring heralding new beginnings and fresh starts, and which is why we've got, you know, bunnies and eggs and all of those fertility symbols um, around Easter. That's really from Ostara. It's time to reflect on those seed intentions we just talked about that we planted during Imbolc and, and consider our commitment to tending and nourishing those little sprouting manifestations. Remember those little guys? It's an opportunity to remind us to keep working on them. Beltane is when spring is giving birth to summer. It's a celebration of fertility and just burgeoning life. And it's an opportunity for us to really look at and celebrate what we've accomplished and draw inspiration from that for our continued growth. To really take notice and celebrate how far you've come, to just really feel it and let that just juice you up in your creativity and your energy to move things forward. Litha is our summer solstice. It's the warm, lovely, longest day of the year. And it's time for us to acknowledge the bounty in our life. It's time to reflect on, on what we're grateful for. I love to just charge myself in the sunrise and sunset of this day, taking that abundant energy into my bones, um, thinking ahead of winter. You know, just what does it feel like? Mm, just that warmth that just seeps so deep into you. that You can feel it in every part of your body. And then thinking about where might I direct this strength and this vigor in my life to transform what is to what I prefer it to be. Lamas is next, usually coming in around August, and it's the first of three harvest festivals. You know, we've been growing, growing, growing in the spring and the summer, and now we're beginning to enjoy the first fruits of all of that labor. Again, it's a great time to pause and sit in gratitude, really reflecting upon those seeds that we've sown early on in the year that are now coming to fruition. A lot has happened since Imbolc. Yeah, you. <laughs> You've been doing it. It's also a time to pause and reflect on whether there might be some weedy weeds that we might need to remove to ensure continued growth and prosperity in our life. Then Maybon comes along, and Maybon is autumn equinox, and it's a beautiful time to reflect upon and celebrate balance in your life. As the light is equal to the dark in this day, note what in your life needs to come back into balance. What might need to be released to allow more of what is needed 
to flourish. Mm. Balance is an ever-moving target. And so it's important to have a pit stop in your year to really check in with that with yourself. And then Samhain is the final harvest festival. It's uh, an acknowledgement of the growing dark of the year as night is lengthening. And it's the new year of the wheel. It's a, a time to take stock of the year past and the year before us. It's also a really potent time for reflecting on the love and guidance of those who we've loved, who have crossed over, just really feeling their continued support in our lives. It's also a time to reflect on the sleepiness of nature now as we dip toward late autumn into the winter, acknowledging the wisdom of things needing to die back so new growth can emerge in the spring. Know that this is one take. This is my take. And these are some of the, the thoughts and reflections that are meaningful to me. And it's also a Northern Hemisphere take. I mean, our Southern Hemisphere friends experience the seasons oppositely. Of course, we experience them opposite to them. It's fun to think about the relationship between the celebrations in the opposite seasons, the balance of those energetics in the collective. Mm, I'd love to have a conversation about that sometime. But if you're getting ready to celebrate Yule, I would love to hear about how you make meaning on the winter solstice, what activities or foods or traditions or new things you might be trying this year. And if Yule is new to you, if you're interested in starting a little something to observe the winter solstice, but are wondering where to start, I've got a few ideas to get you going. So let's talk Yule and take this to the table. Fun. I love this conversation so much. So winter solstice is right around the corner, December 21. Um, Yule is observed December 21st through January 1st. So it's where the notion of the, the 12 days of Christmas actually comes from. Now, starting from a solstice perspective, we're getting present with a transition from losing light to regaining more light in our day. Before I celebrated solstices, I would get all bummed about winter solstice, like sad the day was so short and the night was so long and depressed about the cold and dreariness. I was focusing on the first day of winter aspect, but hello, <laughs> winter solstice is the end of losing light. It's time to get revved up about the light's return and all of the hope for new growth that that brings. There are lots and lots of solstice observances. Um, one that's pretty neat is Stonehenge. So if you're not able to just like pop on in and see the standing stones, um, there is a live stream each solstice where you can see the magnificence of the precision of Stonehenge's alignment with the solstice sun. It's really worth it. However works for you in your day, I do recommend setting aside sunrise and sunset time. Just really greet that sun and appreciate the rest that winter brings. You know, historically, it was from the labor of farming. Um, really take a hint from nature to snuggle in from the rush and the bustle of life. Does that seem counter to the go-go-go of your holiday busyness? <laughs> well, then you definitely need to build in some chill time. And winter solstice invites you to, to join nature in the quiet from its year-long labors. Think Robert Frost and snowy woods and watching the world fill up with snow. I mean, what a beautiful moment to just breathe it in. Maybe pick some dropped pine boughs and pine cones and maybe dry some orange slices with clove in the oven. It smells so good. And create a table arrangement that brings these thoughts and feelings into your home. I mean, 
whatever may feel aligned and wholesome to you. Either on solstice morning or sunrise of the next day, I like to light a yellow candle welcoming back the sun. In the northern U.S., our winters get bitterly cold. Sometimes it feels more like we're trapped than we're snuggled up in a dreamy cocoon. (laughs) There are harsh realities of winter here, harsh contrasts. But if we focus on the harshness, we can't even see the gifts, the opportunities, like the simple pleasure of a pot of handcrafted herbal tea or brunch with friends huddled around our hot drinks with our boots, woolens, and scarves or the squeak of boots and fresh fallen snow or how freaking good wassail tastes. <laughs> Am I right? How precious time with family is either born or chosen dog snuggles with my down blanket, the intrinsic hope in the turning of the calendar year. There's so much warmth and richness, even when it's blustery outside. What warmth and richness do you enjoy? How can sitting in gratitude about even the simplest of these things heighten your joy this solstice? And what new things might you try? A winter walk, visiting a foot spa, meditation or yoga in a salt cave. Here in the Twin Cities, it's the perfect time to visit the Minnesota Conservatory where there's just an explosion of colorful poinsettias in the fountain room or to just soak up the deep warmth of the tropical room. I mean, huggy it up, my friends. Huggy it up. (laughs) And if you want to dial in more specifically to Yule, cultures around the globe offer a gorgeous diversity of practices and traditions to make meaning. A popular place to start, however, is fire. So if you have a fireplace or a wood-burning stove, keep the fire burning as a, a beautiful vigil on the shortest day of the year, really inviting the light to return. Candles are another lovely way to add light, observe the light, reflect on the contrast of darkness and light, invite the light again to return. The Yule log tradition comes from Norway, I believe, Um, you know, when the big old log was hoisted into the hearth to celebrate the return of the sun. But no worries if you don't have a fireplace or a hearth or a big log. (laughs) Many observe this tradition by creating like a candle centerpiece from a log or baking a delicious chocolate with cream filling Yule log cake. And you can decorate it with meringue mushrooms or shaved chocolate bark or maybe some chopped pistachios, you know, or if all of that feels too ambitious, um, I kind of like to set out a hot cocoa bar so that everyone can make their own sweet treat. And the combinations can be pretty entertaining. (laughs) Evergreen in the home is another popular tradition. Garlands, wreaths, decorated trees. These come from Yuletide traditions. If someone in the fam has allergies to evergreen, quick tip. I love my balsam and cedar Yankee candle. Gives me a little whiff of the fresh pine and it brings me back to the snowy woods if I can't get out there in person. You might take some of that evergreen, some of those candles, and maybe other meaningful tokens and create an altar space, a meditative space, a a sacred space that aids your reflection time, that just really grounds you in the present moment so that you can sit in stillness and allow your inner wisdom to emerge. This is also a great time to give back to nature as well. 
offering seeds and peanut butter pine cones to the birds and squirrels, or suet and salt lick for the deer and other woodland creatures, or donating to your favorite charities that honor, protect, clean up, preserve, caretake the earth, our environment, water, wildlife, rescue animals, whales, whatever Mother Earth has laid on your heart. Yule is also a fun time for some divination. It could be tarot or fire scrying or runes, whatever you like, or you can treat yourself to a reading with a bro and use that as part of your reflection for what to prune and what to plant in the coming year. Maybe you'd like to add a little magical craft making to your Yuletide. Pick up some of those clear plastic ball ornaments at Michael's or your local craft shop that open at the top. And maybe you'd like to add a combination of magically aligned ingredients that support one of your new intentions for the year. Or maybe you'd like to insert some affirmations or notes to self celebrating all that you've accomplished in the past year and articulating your hopes and intentions for the next. Hang it on your tree and then empty that bad boy next solstice as a part of your personal journey and meaning making. I am by no means an expert in the Wheel of the Year or Solstice celebrating. There's so much to explore and discover, and I hope that you do. And I also hope that I've laid at least one tip or technique on you today that inspires you to really create sanctuary in your life this solstice, to celebrate the cycle of seasons of rebirth and renewal, our intrinsic connection to the earth and these cycles as part of nature and as a creator being. But my question for you, and what I'll leave you with today, is what light will you bring more of into the world in this coming year? So tell me what you think. Are you ready to welcome the light this winter solstice? I literally cannot wait to see what you're planning to try or already love to do in the comments to join this conversation. And as you know, there's more gritty goodness to come. So grab a friend and bring them next time. Until then. Thanks for joining us today on Gritty Mystic. You can find me and show notes for this episode at grittymystic.com slash episodes. And thank you so much for following, rating, and reviewing our show. It helps us reach others like us and grow the Gritty Mystic community. Take care, friend. See you next time.